Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the White Sox Talk podcast brought to you by Trust. Chuck Garfine with you, and today it's the second installment of our special series, Distant Replay, where we look back at a classic game in White Sox history and take a 50-foot deep dive into everything that happened, what we remember, what we forgot, and unearth things that nobody knew about in the first place. And today it is a Donnybrook, August 4th, 1993, the night 26-year-old Robin Ventura charged the mound against 46-year-old and future Hall of Famer Nolan Ryan, creating one of the greatest sports bloopers of all time. There is so much to this game, not just the fight, but what happened in the game after the fight and the backstories behind the brawl that have been seriously lost in history. You also had a former U.S. president who was at the game, as well as a certain White Sox legend who was randomly there with his junior Olympic baseball team. So lots to get to. Let's get to it. Robin Ventura, Nolan Ryan, and the most famous noogies in the history of mankind. Here we go. White Sox, White Sox, go, go, White Sox. has put the White Sox ahead. Jimenez leaves the ballpark. You can put it on the board. Yes! We got a chance to do something real special. All right, sit back, relax, and strap it down. It's time for the White Sox Talk Podcast. Here's Ventura, RBI single in the first. Watch out. Look at this. Robin took exception to the pitch. And there's Lamont. And here we go again. So there it was in all its glory. Hawk Harrelson with the call on Sports Channel, the grandparent of NBC Sports Chicago. Robin Ventura charging Nolan Ryan and getting pummeled in the head and face by a man 20 years his senior. Ryan McGuffey, Vinny Duber, Chris Kampka. Uh, Robin Ventura is one of the greatest third basemen in White Sox history, but outside of Chicago, will this be the moment he will always be remembered for? Yes. Maybe not New York. He did hit the walk-off Grand Slam single for the Mets, so maybe not New York, but most definitely pretty much across baseball, this, uh, across this fine country. Yes. Yeah, outside of Queens, this is uh, this is the YouTube moment that uh, that Robin's going to go viral for in the future. Twenty years from now, whenever whatever YouTube is like, then somebody will unearth it and be like, "Hey, look, do you remember this crazy baseball fight from the '90s?" Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to pile on and say I agree with you know outside of New York because yeah, he, that was a pretty big moment there. But other than that, yeah. All right, rewatching the game and researching for this podcast, it was like peeling an onion. 
there are layers upon layers. There's so much, there was so much bad blood between these two teams. And we can thank, of all people, the little hurt, Craig Graybeck, for getting it started. So memories of the little hurt before we get started. I love Craig Graybeck because I was small. Growing up, I love Craig Graybeck. And the fact that he was paired always kind of with Ozzie Guillen, it was, you always had these kind of like two little guys at the bottom of the lineup. But I love Graybeck because he was just one of those like baseball players, like just scrappy, kind of got it done. Wasn't really great at anything, but good at a lot of things. And so I loved Craig Graybeck because it gave like a young White Sox fan like hope, like, hey, you could be a baseball player. Look, Craig Graybeck's like 5'4". <laughs> So, Nolan Ryan had a biography entitled Nolan Ryan, The Making of a Pitcher, written by Rob Goldman. And in it, this is what it says. During a spring training game against the Rangers in 1990, Craig Graybeck hit a home run on the first pitch. He pumped his fists, his fists triumphantly as he jogged around the bases. And sitting on the bench, Ryan stared at the little, little Putin and made a mental note. And then in August of that year, it's August 10th, 1990. Chris Campbell, this is one of our favorite moments in White Sox history, isn't it? It is. And I remember vividly sitting on the floor in my parents' living room, probably sorting baseball cards at the time, watching this go down. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So what you saw was the Rangers were at Comiskey Park. Nolan Ryan's on the mound. He's facing Graybeck, who had never hit a home run in his major league career. Ozzie Guillen was up after Graybeck. Ozzy had not homered all season. And one of the most unlikely sequences in baseball history occurred. Here was Hawk Harrelson with the call. That's deep. Way back. Way back. It could be. He looks up. Put it on the board. A three-run homer for Craig Graybeck. The Sox lead it three to nothing. Yes. Now that's a thrill. Fireworks for everyone. Craig Grayback, his first major league home run. My goodness, he got a fastball up and the inner part of the plate and he hammered it. There was really not a whole lot of doubt about this off the bat. And they want a curtain call here from Craig Grayback. Ozzy hits one deep in the right field. Sammy Sosa goes back, looks up, put this one on the board. A home run for Guillen and the Sox lead it four to nothing. Yes! All right, Chris Kampka, what did we just hear? I mean, you need to put it in the proper context. First of all, it was the first home run of Graybeck's career, right? It was the first homer of the season of Ozzy's season. It was the only home run they either hit all year. And, and they were off, off Nolan of, Ryan. And they were off of Nolan Ryan. Furthermore, going back and looking at it, it's the only time he ever allowed back-to-back -back homers from the eight, nine batters in the lineup. It's only one of seven times he allowed back-to-back -back home runs in his career. What were we watching here? And I was like, who is this? 
this guy is this guy. He's tiny. He's hitting his first home run off Nolan Ryan. How is that possible? And he was 43 at the time. Right. Nolan Ryan, he was still but, throwing gas, but still an absolute monster. Yes. He would be for a few more years. Uh, he's one of only six players to hit his first major league career home run off of Nolan Ryan, and <laughs> the little hurt. And if you look at the other guys on the list now, I mean, I can Ron Hassey, Will Clark, and Ron Gant. I can picture those guys, and those are legit guys. Um, Tracy Woodson, Kevin Kozlowski, I can't really as much, but I would assume they're each much larger than Craig Grayback. Yeah, Guff, I love that. Grayback is in the dugout. He's about to do a curtain call, and while the crowd is still going crazy, Ozzy, I think it was the first pitch to Ozzy he homers. I think it was. Yeah. I mean, literally the most unlikely scenario. The, even those two guys, all of these years later, would probably tell you that would have happened in their careers as well. And These I, two guys go back to back. And what I go back to when I hear that clip is back then, Nancy Faust yep. would play na na na, hey yeah. hey, goodbye on home runs or when pitchers got taken out of games. And you, you were a fan, you would just go na 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 na. And you could hear the crowd just going crazy. There were pitchers that I, I specifically remember. It just felt like it always got loud when the pitcher was coming out of the game. There were multiple pitchers who would like jog, like a jog sprint off the mound because. You're wearing it <laughs> if you're giving up six hundred and four and a third. Okay, so why are we bringing this up, and what does it have to do with the Robin Ventura Nolan Ryan fight? Well, back to Nolan Ryan's biography. Quote: As he had in Florida, Graybeck was whooping it around the bases during that home run. When Ryan got back to the bench, he asked pitching coach Tom House, "Quote: Who is that boy?" <laughs> House told him it was Craig Graybeck. Ryan asked, how old is he? He looks like he's about 12. He's pretty young, said House. And then Ryan said this, well, I'm going to put some age on that little squirt. He's swinging like he isn't afraid of me. Well, fortunately for Nolan Ryan, he didn't have to wait long. His very next start was against the White Sox the following week, this time in Texas, August 17th, 1990. Top of the third inning. First pitch to Grayback. Chris Campbell, what do you think happened? think he wore it <laughs> yes he did he hit Graybeck on the first pitch and then in the bottom of the fifth Greg H Hibbard remember Greg Hibbard mm. little bulldog. bulldog the bulldog Greg Hibbard he hit uh who's this guy Steve Buscelli Steve Buscelli Steve Buscelli who's oh, yeah. that Steve Buscelli good third former baseman cub. yeah former cub curly haired blonde yeah <laughs> you, you remember like what he looks like feel like Pat Hughes here strong back great calves curly haired blonde hair flowing <laughs> out the back of his hat <laughs> so he was the Rangers' third baseman. And uh, we have a bench-clearing brawl in this game between the White Sox and the Rangers. And uh, listen to who Hawk Harrelson is looking for during this brawl. Roll tape. And he's drilled. A little tape. Okay, now here he goes. Come on. Here go. Here go. Oh, my goodness, look at this. Lordy. There's 34 out there. Did you see him? Here he comes now. Now he, here comes Noah Ryan out of the dugout right now. He's now walking out. And he's the one that started the whole thing. The only thing that disappoints me about that, though, was Nolan one night. Where was Nolan? Nolan started it. Nolan finally made his appearance after all it went over. All right, so Hawk was uh, looking for Nolan Ryan, and 
put this in perspective. Nolan Ryan's 43 years old. The game before, a week before, he gives up those home runs to Ozzie and to Graybeck. What does Nolan Ryan do in this game? Well, he only goes 10 innings, um, scoreless, three hits allowed, no walks and 15 strikeouts. No, no walks and 15 strikeouts. I mean, the game went to extra innings, obviously. It went beyond that. Nolan Ryan got no decision for all his work. By the way, Nolan Ryan had 26 games with 15 or more strikeouts in his major league career. This is the only one of them where he didn't walk anybody either. Wow. Really? It is. And But lost, by the way, lost in this, all of this here is Greg Hibbard, eight innings, two hits, no runs. And what happened with Greg Hibbard after he threw it, Bichelle? He stayed in the game. Yeah, he did. This is an ongoing theme. This is foreshadowing, by the way. He stayed in the game. He clearly threw at Bichelle. I don't hate it. <laughs> yeah, as a White Sox fan, you don't hate it's it. It's just, you know, it's just the context. Um, we live in so a much has changed. Now. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll get to. Some we're going to get to yeah. this. Yeah. So this is how we're setting this up. There is bad blood dating back three years between the White Sox and the Rangers. It's really like the White Sox and Nolan Ryan, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right, the, right, 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 right. Well, there's other things that were going on, but no, it, but Nolan Ryan yeah. was in the center of a lot of this stuff. Uh, Frank Thomas, by the way, in that game in 1990, went 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. The game went 13 innings. You want to guess how long the game took time-wise? 13-inning game in 1990. Mm. Spitball in here. I'm say I will recuse hours. myself because I looked at this early. I did not. Uh, 2.52, though. Yeah, what? If it's less than three hours. Three hours and 22 minutes. Wow. For a 13-inning game. That's par for the course uh, for nine these days. And that was game one of a doubleheader. <laughs> it All right? was. So game two started at 9.27 local time. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let's jump ahead to 1993. Nolan Ryan is in his 27th season in the majors. This was a major league record. Is yep, it still a record? It still is. Oh, yeah, especially for a pitcher. He announced before the season this would be his last game in the majors. Oh, sorry, last season in the majors. He was still throwing 96 miles per hour at 46 years old. Um, there was bad blood brewing in that series. Monday, Dean Palmer was hit twice. Tuesday, Ventura tried stealing second base three times with the White Sox leading by five. Well, I did not know that. I found this quote. I'll run if my checks are written by the White Sox. <laughs> so that's fun. <laughs> um, but as to um, the hit by pitches in, in that game where the White Sox hit three batters, um, see, Jason Bray hit Dean Palmer second inning. But later, Thigpen hit Dean Palmer and Mario Diaz in the same inning. I can tell you right now those weren't intentional because they were with the bases loaded and the Sox are up one run at the time of the first one and they were behind a run at the time of the second. So I can tell you they, they weren't intentional. I think what was going on was guys are pitching inside. Mm, yeah. And sometimes when you pitch inside, you hit guys more than often. All right, so more than usual. The game. Let's get to the game. August 4th, 1993. It was on Sports Channel. I remember that, that little music in the open and yep. all that stuff. Man, mm-hmm. it really brought back memories. Hawk oh, yeah, and Wimpy same. are on the call. And let's get to our category. you got to be bleeping me, which is things we learned watching the broadcast. All right, Vinny, uh, what do you remember from watching this? Or what, what, what stood out for you watching the broadcast? Well, Chuck, we were blessed to have the commercials uh, <laughs> included in this broadcast. And so uh, what I learned is that, it, you know, the IISA inline skating national championships were being held in Downers Grove that year, and the slogan was just phenomenal. If you're not here, you're in the wrong place. Could you 
did you did you attend those uh, those championships? You know what? I saw that commercial, and when I heard that slogan, I'm like, I gotta be there. I kind of want to go. Let's go. <laughs> I was in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> Camco was not in Downers Grove. <laughs> also, the uh, that during that same commercial break, they were advertising because it was Ryan's last season. They yeah. were advertising a special. I have that here. Gold stamp of some kind that you could send away for and get. The mailing address where you were sending Grand your check Station. dubiously located <laughs> yeah. in a P.O. box in Grand Central Station. That seemed like a scam. Yeah. yeah. Some dude on Wall Street was like, I got an idea. <laughs> I'm going to make some money here off Nolan Ryan. Now I'm, gonna, now I'm just going to pretend we'll put on one of those 1-800 numbers and let it ride. All right. I've got a bunch in here, and then you guys so jump in. Uh, Wimpy said it was a great night for baseball. It was 92, 92. degrees at first pitch. He said it hadn't rained in Dallas. Six weeks. <laughs> Six weeks. The Metroplex was, was in drought conditions. <laughs> All the Rangers were in position when the game started, except for one person, Nolan Ryan. Oh, it's opposite now. I've never noticed that. I'd never know. Was that going on back then that every position player would be on the field in the first inning and then the pitcher would like triumphantly hmm. jog out there because that's what Nolan Ryan did. Good nugget. It was really like it. weird. Maybe he, now had, it's maybe he had something going on pregame. Now the pitchers like lead the team out. Maybe, maybe no one Sox. was just you know uh, indisposed at the Maybe it was a Nolan time. Ryan uh, kind of thing. Appreciation. Uh, Hawk said his pick to click was. Steve Sachs. <laughs> he said, I'm going to go with my idol. Right. <laughs> Steve Sachs. Sachsy. He said, it seems like every time we play or he plays. He plays, we win. Yeah, you guys had yeah. it too. They were 33 and 24 in games Steve Sachs played that year. Look at that guff. <laughs> well done. Not surprisingly, Hawk was way ahead of everybody else in the pick-to-click race. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Uh, Steve Sachs, he had 34, Wimpy 23, and Jim, Jim Angio, yes. 20. Um, the Wimpy took Tim Raines, Angio took Lance Johnson. I was disappointed that nobody took Robin. Mm. Wouldn't that be fun if somebody did, but he didn't? All these years later. I was more disappointed that no one took Matt Marullo. All right, yeah. so about that. That's yeah, we got to break this down. I totally forgot that he was the DH in this game, right? And that's kind of the thing that you got to be bleeped me. Matt Marullo is starting DH. It was his 28th birthday. How about that? Why was he um, batting third? I think a lot of times um, – it seemed to me like they were sitting Frank Thomas because he was 0 for 12 oh, yeah. with 11 strikeouts right. career yeah, against that Nolan was Ryan. Obvious. Yeah. So a lot of times managers tend to just, if they're going to swap one guy out, they're just going to put his replacement in his spot because they don't want to disrupt what these normal guys have in their regular spots. That's, that's my take. Well, there was no Frank Thomas, no Bo Jackson, no Ellis Burks. They uh, Crazy. Well, I think what Gene Lamont was thinking was, I want all lefties at the start of this lineup to go against Ryan for some reason. So he had lefty, 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 lefty to start. A couple more things. Yeah, go. Matt, Matt Marullo is his 28th birthday, right? His grandfather, Lenny, was the last <laughs> living member of the 1945 Cubs who went to the World Series. He lived to be 98. Wow. Um, he was most known, though, for having a four-error inning on September 15, 1942, in Game 2 of a doubleheader, that the Cubs won 12-8 to despite making seven errors. He had just received news that his wife was in labor. That was his excuse for making all the errors. So that's my little aside wow. about Matt Marullo. Matt Marullo. I got some Matt Marullo nuggets to pony off of you. Go. I learned that he was recently called up from AAA Nashville. Right, they said that. I said that down as well, right. And that he went one for 20 that year with his one hit coming in that game he started. The bloop single. The bloop single. Hey, it goes down as a line drive in the scorebook there, man. That's a great note. That was his only hit of the season. Only hit of the season. Outstanding. In this game. I love it. Another one about Nolan, though. So, peeling off the Frank Thomas, 
over 12 with 11 strikeouts. Here's, here's some numbers, career against Nolan Ryan. Frank Thomas, Sammy Sosa, Willie Mays, Jim Tomey, and Mark McGuire were combined 0 for 44 with six walks and 27 strikeouts all time against Nolan Ryan. Right, repeat that. 0 for 44 with six walks and 27 Who strikeouts. Who are the names again? Frank Thomas, Sammy Sosa, Willie Mays, Jim Tomey, and Mark McGuire. Now, remember that we alluded to earlier a home run by Craig Grayback in his spring training game. Yes. So it wasn't off Nolan Ryan in that game. But no. He had, he had started that game. He just watched what happened. Right. Frank Thomas homered off Nolan Ryan in that game. So he didn't get a chance to add to that. He did it in spring training, but not regular season. All right. Piggybacking off of that. Donald Harris led off for the Rangers. I think I know we're all going. I think oh we all God. had that written He's down. Okay, who wants to take it then? You do. Take it. All right, okay. Wimpy actually referenced it in the broadcast. Donald Harris was drafted ahead of Frank Thomas, and Wimpy goes, somehow I feel like they may have gotten the wrong guy. And Hawk responded with, what makes you think that? He goes, well, <laughs> Frank Thomas is the best player in the American League. He was overall. Yes. The Cubs had the pick right after the White Sox. So, think, I mean, Frank Thomas could have ended up with the Cubs. I mean, he's seventh overall. Six teams passed on him. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs chose Earl Cunningham, a high school outfielder. Had that uh, rookie card. I remember that one. And he uh, never reached the majors. Never reached the major leagues. Um, got a couple more. Mm-hmm. A lot, of Dan Pil- a lot of Dan Peltier talk. And about that. <laughs> All right, so about Dan Peltier. graduated Peltier. from Notre Dame, and they just could not they stop talking it. about they it. They loved it. Why was Dan Peltier even in the lineup in the first place? Well, the regular right fielder was Jose Canseco, who had an interesting year to say the least. <laughs> On May 26th of that year, Carlos Martinez of the Indians hit a home run that bounced off of his head. Ooh. All right? Three days later, they were in a blowout, and Canseco pitched. And he blew out his elbow in that game and required Tommy John surgery. <laughs> Yet still played another three weeks or so before finally hitting the DL for good. So that's why Jose Canseco was out and Dan Peltier was in there. By the way, I love that we aren't even getting to the fight yet. We oh, have no. all this stuff that was going on behind the scenes. What, uh, what happened to Pudge Rodriguez that he had a giant bandage on his face? Yeah, I looked this up. cheekbone. Exactly. Broken cheekbone. So what happened? I didn't know what happened, but I know he broke his cheek. Okay. Maybe, yeah, maybe he took liberties hitting a home run off Nolan Ryan in batting practice. <laughs> <laughs> I do have that Arlington Stadium looked like a carbon copy only from high home of Yankee Stadium, but in reality it was just a piece of crap. That place looked like something from the 1940s. It looked like generic baseball stadium. I mean, it, it, it was yeah. terrible. Best part of that ballpark was what was next door. Wet and Wild Amusement Park, (laughs) which they show, and Hawk says on the air that his son Casey and him spent the day at Six Flags. And that in a recent trip to Milwaukee, he rode the Great American Eagle. But you know who didn't? Wimpy. Wimpy wanted no part of roller coasters. No. He wanted no part of I also learned that if I had $10,053 back in 1993, (laughs) I would have absolutely bought myself a V6 Duster. And I'm going to leave that one at that. Okay. Bob Rorman. There was a Bob Rorman was commercial a, for a Honda Civic you could, you could get for 158 bucks a month. Ironically, it's the same Bob Rorman commercial you'll see later tonight. <laughs> okay. I don't know. He was looking significantly younger. Also, uh, television star Laurie Metcalf makes an appearance in a uh, Good Guys Wear Black uh, commercial. They were painful. Those were painful commercials. I, I, I didn't know who Laurie Metcalf was. She was on Roseanne or something? Yeah. 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 She's back. Oh, and the star of Toy Story. She's Andy's mom in Toy Story. Okay, well, that wasn't, there Two was no Toy Story. Toy Story. Okay, right. I have a few other notes I, here. Okay. One of which is, when's the last time you guys had a Michelob Golden Drift? <laughs> 
not a rough draft, a, a golden draft. <laughs> it will, uh, it's been a while, and I guarantee you, it'll be a while before I have another one. Those beer commercials were hilarious. Grandmama, we got a Grandmama commercial Thank too. Thank you, Vinny. Baby, baby, yeah. yeah. Thank you. I I forgot about that, but. And that, also that, that we'd like to thank all our friends in Wilton, Iowa. Wilton, yes. And as Hawk always says, they have all my money in, in no, Granger. But he made sure to say, no, they don't have my money in Wilton. They don't that have my money upset. in Wilton. That was I couldn't yeah. believe that. <laughs> all right, let's get to the fight. So Ventura told his teammates that if he got hit in this game, I mean, there was already a feeling that something was in the air, that there might be some retaliation by Nolan Ryan. So he, he told his teammates before the game, if he got hit, he was going to charge the mound no matter who was out there. And the third inning, now actually I should back up a second. The White Sox took an early lead 2-0 thanks to who? Robin Ventura. Oh, RBI. I say Dean Palmer. No. <laughs> I, I, yeah, these are the adjectives used oh, in the true. first inning by the defense. These are the adjectives used by Hawk and Wimpy. Butchering, awful, horrible, horrific. So Robin, Robin gets, a, gets an RBI single. Mm -hmm. That's the first run of the game. But Dean Palmer tried to cut off the throw from the outfield, and Hawk and Wimpy were sold on the fact that that ball, had it gone through, might have gotten him. So it sounds like Ryan hit Robin because of the stealing the night before. Yeah. But it could have been because he, he was the guy that drove in the run, and right. it wasn't even really Robin's fault that the run scored. You know, you know what he should have done? He should have turned around, Nolan Ryan, and thrown the baseball at Dean Palmer. He should have. Well, because then he on. makes a fielding error yeah. a couple batters later that led the second run Let's to score. Let's be honest. He really hit Robin Ventura because Graybeck was happy three years earlier. <laughs> yes. And keep in mind, Dean Palmer was in the middle of a 6-for-45. So, you know, he was, right. he was he taking was, that with him to the field every time. He was scuffling. <laughs> but as Hawk said, he was hitting up. Hard 237. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the fight happens. Uh, Ryan gets hit, or not Ryan, Ventura gets hit on a, right above his elbow, the first pitch of his second at bat. Ryan would later say he used the same maneuver on steers he branded on his Texas ranch. <laughs> and you can still purchase <laughs> Nolan Ryan beef at Houston Astros games at Inmaid Park. And you could throw them in the garbage can to hear a loud noise. Like what? The it, same it, approach he would use on steers? <laughs> yes. And then here's my favorite stat of the game. Ryan threw more punches than pitches in the third inning. Six to four. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and it's double the amount of hits that Robin Ventura ever had against Nolan Ryan. Six to three. <clears throat> Why would R Robin Ventura do this, though? Because like, he gets okay. hit, and obviously he said, I don't care who's out there. To. I know, I know. But there's, there's something there. You, you, I mean, obviously he said that. But let's try to get into the mind of Robin. I will. This, guy's, this is Nolan Ryan, Nolan freaking Ryan, and he's 20 years older than him. Okay, so there's a little backstory. Just um, a couple weeks earlier, on, Mar on July 16th, he was hitting the same elbow by Cal Eldred. So there might have been a little bit of irritation. Ventura's like, you know what? Damn it. This is enough. I've had enough of this getting hit. And regardless of who it was, maybe he just decided that's it. Yeah. Well, Frank, or Frank, Robin was on those teams. The whole Craig Grayback stuff that we alluded to at the beginning of this podcast, Robin was on those teams. So he, he was yeah. very much aware of what was going on with Nolan Ryan in the years leading up to this event. Just before that inning, in the, the bottom half of the inning, Juan Gonzalez was hit with a certainly, a, it was definitely a, it was a curveball or changeup. It was definitely an off speed pitch that he kind of turned into. But I really do. And, and Robin was definitely the target because he was the second hitter of the inning, and it was the first pitch. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think Nolan Ryan went into the game thinking if there's one incident, one, 
it's on. Yeah. And Ventura might have been his pre. I, he may have just been waiting, and Ventura could have been that guy with the RBI single. But I think once Juan Gonzalez was hit, and it clearly yeah. was unintentional. All right. Yeah. That was but then it. why didn't he hit Cora? He had targeted. He was targeting Robin. Right. Well, I mean, because Robin's the second batter of the inning. I know. I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, because so he had an RBI single. The uh, in which means he was tar- like he well, could just cover that. That's Dean Palmer's fault. <laughs> well, Robin, Robin's a more dangerous. <laughs> Here, here's a quote from Ventura. I just found. Everybody on both teams knew Ryan was hitting guys, and the mentality on our club was when he hits us, we're going to hit one of them. So whoever got hit, I'm sure he would have went and taken the mound and charged him. He had hit Graybeck on purpose, and he had hit me on purpose. It was going to happen no matter what. Because actually in 1991, he's, he's referring to 91. Ryan yeah. hit Robin Ventura back in 1991. He goes, it just happened that Ryan was well-known. Had it been anyone else, it would have all been forgotten. So That's probably true. Well, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> had the fight gotten, like, had they never really reached each other and it was like a 2019 fight where everyone just kind of comes out and nothing happens, it would have been forgotten. It was a little bit different. Yeah, when you're uh, giving him noogies like yeah. that and the center field camera shows it, yeah. everyone's going to be talking about it. Another stat, Ryan faced 291 batters during that season. Ventura was the only one he hit with a pitch that season. <clears throat> Uh, wow. let's get, uh, he was yeah, too busy walking, guys. He's, yeah, I did a little research for this one. Um, let's talk about Hawk. Yeah, let's talk, <laughs> let's about, talk Hawk. about Hawk. Hawk, who I love, his call was this. This is what he said. Well, look at this. And then silence for 30 seconds. He's so Watch out. Watch out. Look at this. He's so calm and collected. This is the Hawkaroo. And Nolan Ryan just hit a White Sox player. And Hawk's just sitting back and taking it in. I was expecting screaming and ranting and, oh, you know, Nolan Ryan is a menace to society. Where, where was it all? Why I don't know. Hawk so, uh, so low-key? And I, at the time, I'm thinking, well, maybe Hawk revered Nolan Ryan so much he wouldn't want to say anything bad about him. But then you play back, you know, I found the, the game three years prior where Hawk is criticizing Nolan Ryan for starting a fight. I'm thinking, well, then he doesn't have those feelings. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. well, go, go ahead, Chris. That's that's Nolan Ryan, the twenty-three-year veteran. Those those extra four years just <laughs> cemented the deal in hockey. Okay, my take, my okay. take might be that he was proud as hell of Ron Ventura, and so like, here we go, watch this, and then it was like, uh-oh. And so <laughs> this is rather, not good. Than, rather than try to like get involved, he just kind of like, oh, uh-oh. Like, that, that's, that was my, my take is that like usually like as Hawk aged. He would he would take offense to everything and everyone, and like it would never even get to a stage where Nolan Ryan, Nolan Ryan should be kicked out. Yeah, everybody would get warnings. It would never it would never never escalate to where that got to in 1993. Yeah, I thought about playing this whole clip for the podcast, but you would just hear silence amongst Hawk and Wimpy, and just the crowd going crazy. So. If you look it up on YouTube, you'll just see that it's just you see these guys fighting for 30 seconds and Hawk and Wimpy don't say anything. Uh, the game was disrupted for nine minutes. We have more to talk about because this was only getting started. How about Mickey Hatcher? Was he like the third base coach for the Rangers? One of the coaches, he had a cut mm-hmm. above his right eye. There's blood dripping down his face. I don't. He, he was a coach on the team. That that If that injury had happened in a fight in 2019... <laughs> Be, people would be suspended for, like, 25 games. <laughs> and that would be the worst in-game fight injury of, like, the last 30 years. And who came to Nolan Ryan's rescue? None other than Bo Jackson. Here's a quote from Nolan Ryan. 
because if, when you watch this, and actually, Chris, you sent a photo, you tweeted a photo to all of us before the podcast, and you see Nolan Ryan going down. I know. Like, I, he looked, even though he, you know, you could say started the, the physical confrontation with Robin Ventura with the hits to the, his head and his face, when the whole, when both teams start converging, Nolan Ryan's going down, and both teams are basically piling on top of him accidentally. So here's this quote from Nolan Ryan. All I remember is that I couldn't breathe. I thought I was going to black out and die when all of a sudden I see two big arms tossing bodies off of me. It was Bo Jackson. He had come to my rescue, and I'm awful glad he did because I was about to pass out. I called him that night and thanked him. If there's ever a man you're looking for and on that team, and if Frank Thomas is a big man, it was Bo Jackson, the elite athlete of that time, just throwing guys off and like probably like one-handed. I mean, that guy, Bo Jackson was at such an elite status at that point that if you turned to think you were going to go back in, you're like, oh, that's Bo Jackson. I'll, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> you saw him go toe-to-toe with Gino Petrali in there. He was a backup Rangers catcher. I saw those two square off. But, was he but, the guy that was trying to bite? The headlock. And no, someone tried to bite Bo in the in the wrist. Was yeah. that him? It might have been because th- that was the guy that I saw with Bo, like go- looking eye to eye. Yeah. Um, when I sent that picture, I'm like, I want to find the one image that looks like, hey, maybe Nolan did lose. It does look like he lost but, in that photo. All right, Rangers players, coaches, were all looking over their shoulders, worried about Bo Jackson. Uh, Rangers outfielder Donald Harris. I had a hold of somebody and I poked my head up and I saw Bo running towards the pile. I quickly poked my head back down. And then George W. Bush, general partner of the Rangers, was in a box seat near the Texas dugout. He thought about running onto the field. Future U.S. President George W. Bush was going to run onto the field. What prevented him from doing it? Quote, I thought about it, but then I saw Bo coming out and decided to stay where I was. It worked out for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, good stuff. Um, we want to talk about uh, Gene Lamont? Oh, yeah I'm, yeah. I'm waiting. Go. Go. Take it away. Gene Lamont was irate because Nolan Ryan didn't get tossed from this game. And he had every right to be He was right. right. <laughs> he was absolutely right. I mean, the fact that Nolan Ryan did not – there were two players that were ejected. I'm, I'm sorry, one player – and Gene Lamont was ejected. And Gene Lamont didn't get ejected until like the 8.50. You said there was a nine-minute delay? Yeah. About the 8.58 mark is right. when Gene Lamont finally got tossed. And he was livid, and he was calling everybody every word in the book because he thought Nolan Ryan targeted him, and he should be absolutely – if Ryan, if uh, Robin Ventura is going to pay, so is Nolan Ryan. That's a good point. I saw him yelling and screaming. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's been tossed. And finally – then he gets tossed. I'm like, wait, he wasn't tossed yet? Right. And sure enough, yeah. But he went after, so the, the, the whole fight had, had stopped and died down and everyone got involved. This was before Bo got involved. Yeah. When it got going again, it's because Gene Lamont went after Nolan Ryan. And Nolan Ryan is looking back and barking and waiting for Gene Lamont to come on. You know what my favorite part is? Gene Lamont was 46 as well. So Gene Lamont was a birthday baby. <laughs> Nolan Ryan, he turned 47 on Christmas, a birthday baby. His 47th birthday was Christmas later that year. And January 31st was Nolan Ryan's. They were five weeks apart. So it's 46-year-old man going after against 46-year-old man, except one of them throws 96 still, and the other guy manages the other club. And he had a clear limp. When he actually goes down into the dugout, 
Gene Lamont may have pulled something or tweaked something. Yeah, that I because saw that, he had yeah. a little bit of a he had a little bit of a limp. So, but my favorite part is that here's 46 year old Lamont versus 46 year old Nolan Ryan. And speaking of 46 year old Nolan Ryan, he was 46 years, 185 days old at the time of this fight. Yeah. Robin Ventura turned 46 years, 185 days on January 15th, 2014. <laughs> he was managing the White Sox by then. Number one. Number two, how old was Nolan Ryan back then? Well, let's put it this way. Bartolo Colon turns that very age in a week. Uh, He's not wow. there yet. Unbelievable. Not only was Gene Lamont correct that Nolan Ryan should have been thrown out of the game because he started this whole thing by intentionally hitting Robin Ventura, Nolan Ryan stayed in the game despite punching a man in the face <laughs> on the pitcher's mound. Multiple times. He punched someone in the face and didn't get ejected. Well, I Madness. Think, Madness. Here's Madness. the thing, though. I think he should have been ejected for intentionally throwing it, Robin. Well, I'm saying um, there's a laundry list but, of yeah, things. But, but, at the very but least, yeah. You, you make but, contact with uh, – you punch a guy four but, times in the, in the top but, of the head and then hit him in the face. You're done. But Ventura charged him. So anything so? after that, I think, is Ventura's Hang on, though. So throw them both out if of we're gonna go, If we're going to go – we're bringing up all this history between these two teams. When the Bulldog Greg Hibbard in 1990 right. hits Steve Bouchelle, and Bouchelle charges the mound. Was it Bouchelle, right, who charges yeah, the mound? Yeah, yeah, And they fight. Greg Hibbard stayed in that game. He did. Did he punch a man in the face on the pitch? There, there, were, there were punches thrown in that fight. It's a lesser-known fight because of the names involved, but Greg Hibbard stayed in that game. All right, umpire Richie Garcia. I mean, Ooh, by the this way. was his quote. Let me, i got to play this quote, read this quote. This is why he didn't throw him out of the game. Nolan Ryan. I'm not really sure he was throwing at anybody. Oh, my God. In beanball incidents, you want want something to hang your hat on. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) He had like 50,000 hats on this hat rack, by the way. But consider this. That's the same Richie Garcia, who is the only umpire ever to throw Nolan Ryan out of a ball game. He was ejected once, almost a year to the day earlier, August 6, 1992, for intentionally hitting Willie Wilson. And here he is so again. Weird. Now he's so, so there you go. He's thrown Nolan Ryan out for intentionally hitting a guy before. But this time he doesn't do it. And this no. was even more obvious. All right. I think we should play the moment when Lamont uh, goes crazy. So Hawk and Wimpy are doing the replays of the fight. And they tell uh, Lamont on the field that Ryan, Nolan Ryan, is staying in the game. And the mild-mannered Aw shucks, manager of the White Sox, goes absolutely berserk. Roll tape. So as we mentioned, Robin Ventura drilled on the first pitch by Nolan Ryan, took exception to it, and decided he was just going to charge the mound. And we'll take another look at it. Well, the pitch was behind him. No quite, You know, Robin's been hitting that spot. That's at least the second time, and he delayed for a second. There they go. Well, Rodriguez comes up, grabs Robin from behind. Now Robin, now he turns Nolan around and gets him in a spot as has Garcia and Lamont going at it. And I would imagine this is because they're probably going to allow Nolan Ryan to stay in the game and they're going to throw Robin out. Well, I'll tell you what, that's the maddest we've seen Gene Lamont since he's been in a Sox uniform. Oh, yeah. All right, so guys, Lamont lost his temper. And I got to go back to Hawk. Why didn't Hawk go crazy? Hawk at this point should have been like, yeah. Nolan Ryan should be kicked out of the game. I don't have a number in front of me of what was common back then, but the fact that Greg Hibbard wasn't thrown out three years prior tells me 
that guys that threw at people and there were bench-clearing incidents weren't thrown out of the game unless it got to a point where they were just going toe-to-toe with the umpires. I mean, if Greg Hibbert's staying in a game for a bench-clearing brawl, why wouldn't Nolan Ryan stay in the game for a bench-clearing brawl? They both threw fists. Now, again, the one we remember is Nolan Ryan, Robin Ventura. We're talking about an announcer who <laughs> went out of his mind when Mark Burley had a balk called against him. Right. And this again, time, White Sox players are being beaten up on the field, and he is, <laughs> he is silent. I don't disagree with you. I would, I, watching it, I was expecting Hawk to lose his stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, but knowing, doing all the, his, you know, the, the, the prep work for this. This also seems, this seems to be that old school baseball that's right up Hawk's alley, too, oh, yeah. by the way. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right, right, yeah. right. And not only is there precedent with Greg Hibbert and, and not throwing the pitcher out of the game. There's precedent with Nolan Ryan. August 9th, 1980, top of the fourth inning, Dave Winfield of the Padres charges the mound against Houston Astros' Nolan Ryan. Well, think of these two titans. Right. I, I mean, mean think two about really it. tall Winfield guys. Winfield and Nolan Ryan. 74. Winfield ejected. Nolan Ryan wasn't. And speaking of Dave Winfield, it was the, this game was the 10th year anniversary of the Dave Winfield Seagull incident in Toronto. By the way, when Winfield charged the mound against Nolan Ryan, he held his bat in his hand. He had not dropped his bat. Like, it looked like yeah. Dave Winfield was going to take the bat to Nolan Ryan's face. It's, it was scary. Look, so are you just ejected? assuming that, like, the umpires also understand, uh, understood baseball code back then? They must have. probably 95% of them were younger than Nolan Ryan at the time of this incident anyway. So, like, you going to throw Nolan out? No. You going to throw Nolan out? No. <laughs> I don't want to be the one I to do it. I didn't see anything intentional there. Yeah. It's like throwing a player out of the game when it is their like last game of their careers. Well, could that? Yeah, the farewell season. This was his farewell right. season. Maybe that had yeah. something to do with I it. I will say that Gene Lamont was beside himself. Obviously, he told the umpires a few of his thoughts to get tossed. And as he's walking down the dugout steps, clearly a fan said something to him because he looks up and he says, "Blank yourself, a hole." <laughs> <laughs> you see it, you know, clear as day. And then Jack McDowell shockingly gets involved with the fan as well. Yeah. And they, were, and they brought in police and stuff to probably right. escort. I wonder if that guy was tossed. Probably not. Probably not. All right, time for a surprise. Because right before we did the podcast, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call up Gene Lamont and get his reaction to this whole thing. And by the way, I'm, awesome. you guys had great uh, eyes you observed that he was kind of limping going back into the dugout because here in the interview, he actually said he did. He hurt his knee out there in the scrum. So here is my conversation with Gene Lamont about what happened during the Nolan Ryan-Robin Ventura brawl back in 1993. What do you remember about that fight, Gene? The only thing I really remember is for some reason, our players, I heard them talk about it. It was probably before I got there. They thought that that Nolan, you know, threw at some of our hitters. And uh, I think that's really what set it off when when he hit Robin in the back. I, I think, you know, Robin just, uh, he, uh, you know, charged the mound and you know, Nolan got him in a, you know, bad uh, hole. Matter of fact, I got a picture of it in my, in my den here. Uh, you know, it was kind of wild, you know, really. I mean, uh, I don't really. Well, I remember myself and I kind of got my knee thrown out. But you know, it was something that uh, you know our players. I don't think it surprised our players when Robin got hit that he charged the ball. Uh, it was unfortunate, like I said, that 
Nolan happened to get him in a, a headlock, and then, you know, I guess probably hit him on the head some, but, uh, you know, that's, that's about it, really. I'm actually uh, impressed that you have a photo of this in your in your home. Why do you have it in your home? It's just because uh, so, somebody gave it to me. It's got Nolan's uh, arm around uh, Robin. I think Nolan signed. Not, one of them signed it. Let me see. Yeah, Nolan. Nolan signed it. I guess I ought to have Robin sign it. Really. Does he say anything, or he just signed his name, Nolan Ryan? No, you know, I, I didn't ask him. Do I think I can't remember who. Who had him sign it for me? You know, Nolan. You know, I mean, I don't blame Nolan for. I mean, I blame him if he meant to throw it, Robin. But I don't blame him for, uh, you know, grabbing Robin by the head when he came at him. But all these years later, we're all stunned that Nolan Ryan was able to stay in the game. Clearly, you did not like it because you went crazy. I've never seen. I had never seen you act like that. How upset? How angry were you? when Richie Garcia decided and the whole crew decided to keep Nolan Ryan in the game? Well, I still, you know, find it unbelievable that, that they left him in. I mean, it's it was a fight, and it's not as... Of course, I don't know what you expect him to do, but when there's a fight and, and, uh, not, and somebody's throwing punches, and he was, and like I said, I don't blame him for that, for throwing at, at his head... Uh, uh, usually the guy, usually the guys kicked out. I mean, it was. I thought it was ridiculous they didn't. And uh, I still didn't really get a a good uh, reason why they didn't. I think they tried to say, well, he didn't start it. Well, that's not usually the case when there is a, a brawl in baseball. Uh, if there's if a pitcher charges, if a hitter charges the mound, well, usually the hitter and the pitcher are thrown out. But I guess they deemed that. You know, of course, he wasn't—he wasn't throwing out for hitting, for uh, throwing at him. You know, that wasn't what they thought, and I don't know if it was only only Nolan knows that. Was that the most angry you've ever been on a baseball field? I don't know about that. I, I wasn't happy for sure. You know, I mean, it was so you protect your players, and and like I said, I when I think back on it, and I know that they did think that. Uh, Nolan hit some of our players but it didn't surprise me that Robin uh, uh, charged him I think a lot of people, you know, Robin was pretty a pretty quiet uh, guy, I think that surprised people too probably really uh, and I, I think the fact that it would look so one-sided because of he was able to get Robin in a in a headlock, I think that's why it's talked about a lot. Best part about that interview was the fact that Gene Lamont acknowledges that he's got a photograph, signed photograph of this moment, signed by Nolan Ryan, not Robin Ventura, in his den. The best part is that he walked over to it during the phone call with you. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part, is that he's like, yeah, I have it. Hang on, let me, yep, I do. There it is, signed by Nolan Ryan. It, it, all these years later, you got to embrace the fact you're part of this baseball history fight. I mean, yeah, oh it's yeah. the iconic fight of Nolan Ryan's we're, career. We're doing a damn podcast about it yes there's just so much here robin's got to go down to gene lamont's house and, and sign it make it a twofer yeah, he does <laughs> yeah that has to happen now let's bookend this whole nolan ryan robin ventura experience with this so you know how we started the podcast talking about craig graybeck hmm. that this all started with craig graybeck 
you know, hitting a home run at spring training. Nolan Ryan's like, you know, who is this kid? Who is this little kid? He looks like a little boy, like he's 12 years old. Then Graybeck hits the home run off of him. So Nolan Ryan stays in the game. And who pinch runs for Robin Ventura, who got hit by that pitch, obviously? Bob Jackson? No. No, Craig Graybeck. I know. Craig, Craig Graybeck. <laughs> so Craig Graybeck, when this game resumed after this fight, is on first base. And Brian McGuffey, what does Nolan Ryan do first? Well, actually, he throws a pitch to Steve Sachs, and Pudge Rodriguez throws down to first and picks off Craig Graybeck. But if we had replay back in 1993, he was absolutely safe. A <laughs> hundred. It's not. I, I, went, I saw it in the moment. I'm like, I think he was safe. Then they show the replay, and of course, Hawk. Right then, that's when Hawk chimes in. He's like, Oh, he's safe. <laughs> he's back in. <laughs> if, the, course, if the umps are doing the socks dirty, Hawk's all about it. But he won't go after Nolan Ryan. Right. But my point. Do you think, Craig, there was something there? Like, Craig, let's go. You're the guy. You think that was intentional Ooh, or? You mean Gene like, Lamont saying you're yeah, the guy? Yeah, before he gets. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking. How many right, times had, is there a way to look up how many times Craig Graybeck had pinch run in his I'm just career? looking at, like, Absolutely. Steve Sachs could have moved over at that point to play third base. He was DHing. Yeah. I mean, I guess you still needed a pinch runner. You could have had anybody pinch run. Right. The fact that he had Graybeck, Craig Graybeck pinch run. And he stayed in the game. Yeah, but then the, and the fact that Pudge picks him off. I know, like he, immediately. You and then the next pitch, he, he just didn't know. And the next pitch, Steve Sachs rolls one over, and he's out of the inning. And that, like that, I took that away watching it. I'm like, he just threw two pitches in a game after like this huge fight, one that he admits yeah. after the game that he almost blacks out and dies from. <laughs> and he's just like, all right, we're done after three. <laughs> well, how about that this? Was, how about um, this? He, I mean, let's. Put ourselves in the situation. Now, we are not Nolan Ryan by any stretch of the imagination, but you're a 46-year-old man. You have just gotten into a fight. You have used your fist to punch a guy in the head four times and make contact with his face one time. So that's really five with, extra pitches. With your, with your <laughs> pitching hand, what kind of shape is your hand going to be in to actually pitch in a major league game after that? Well, the numbers say pretty good. <laughs> Um, by the way, it was the second time Graybeck pinch run that season. Okay. Okay, so it wasn't so. foreign. All right. Chris Kampka, what did Nolan Ryan do the rest of the game that after the fight? Didn't give, a lot, get, didn't give up any hits. Or, uh, didn't give up, I think, just a walk. One walk and did not give up any hits. I think he retired 12 th- of 13. 13 of 14. 13 of 14, and yeah. one of them was a pickoff. Yeah, that'll play. How about that? And so, before the fight, the moment, like the way the game was going, the White Sox were in complete control. Alex Fernandez was in complete control. Obviously, the the defense was was a joke, and then it just the fight just like revved up everyone. Let's see, it was a yes. Joey Cora walk, and he was caught stealing. So, <laughs> all right, they ended up scoring five runs. Did the Rangers in the eighth inning? Sixth I think inning, sixth inning, sixth inning yeah. off of Alex Fernandez. All right, Isn't that crazy though. Two runs in the first for the Sox, five to two. All right. Now, I've seen a lot of actually recent White Sox baseball where they've done the same. Yeah, we have. So besides future President George Bush in the crowd that night, the other notable person in attendance was none other than Paul Canerco. As this story continues well, to show layer upon layer upon layer. Said, it really is ridiculous. Well, Canerco like, said, okay, I'm going to be in the news on November, you know, 
in November of 2019 on this particular day because I'm going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot for the first time. <laughs> and I know they're going to be doing a podcast about this, so I'm going to show up to this game. It all ties in together. It all that the goes fact together. That the guy ends up having Rob Maturis as manager later in his career. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. all right. So this is the story. Baseball. I, I, mean, I mean, let me just begin by telling you that the way I found this out was literally. The day that Robin Ventura was hired as a manager of the White Sox, I do an interview with him after his press conference. And we're talking, and the crazy thing about it was we knew at that time that his first game as manager of the White Sox was going to be in Arlington against the Rangers. So I bring this up to him, and then after the interview, he says to me, you know what, uh, you're not going to believe this, but Paul Canerco was at the game as a kid. He was on the U.S. Junior Olympic baseball team, and you should ask him about it. So sure enough, in spring training, oh, I asked Paul Canerco about it. So here was the story. They were training in Tyler, Texas. They made a two-hour drive to Arlington. They watched batting practice. The team met one White Sox player before the game. Who do you think they met? I have a pretty good feeling. Robin Ventura. What do you think Robin Ventura told the guys about? One of the, one of the messages was sportsmanship. <laughs> Here's a quote from Ventura. Apparently, I was talking to them about sportsmanship, Things went a little haywire in the game. <laughs> Canerco said uh, they probably just grabbed him and he didn't even know what it was. He came out, said hello, said hi, good luck, guys, and that kind of stuff. Two hours later, there's a riot on the field that he caused. Quote <laughs> from Paul Canerco. Uh, and then he was sitting, they were sitting in the left field bleachers. And what did Canerco think about this? Here's a quote from Canerco when he saw the fight. It made me think nothing less of Ventura. I mean, only, only more, because anybody who's going to charge Nolan Ryan, you got to have, and then Canerco paused for a few seconds because he's trying to think of what he's going to say, and then he says, you got to have some guts. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> That's the G-rated version. Canerco. So, uh, if you want to um, find that story, just Google, I guess, uh, Canerco... No, Nolan Ryan, Robin Ventura, Paul Canerco, I think it'll pop up. Uh, so he had a great seat in the left field bleachers for the game. And, you know, if you're looking for great seats for White Sox games, concerts, you name it, you got to get the SeatGeek app. SeatGeek app. I don't know if they had apps back then. No, they didn't in No, I can promise you they didn't. But they, there was no internet either. It was SeatGeek by mail. <laughs> Yeah. P.O. Box at Grand Central Station. Exactly, course. exactly. With millions of live events, tickets, and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there's a better way. Search sports, concerts, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. They put together millions of tickets from all over the globe, all over the web, and they rate each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. They've got an interactive map that shows you exactly where your seat is. It's simple to use. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the fastest and easiest way to find and buy tickets. And uh, I'm not sure how those guys got the tickets back then for this game, that Olympic baseball team with Connecticut. A lot of pizza vouchers back then. A lot of, like, you know, book it clubs. You, you read yeah. three books, you get free vouchers to games. Those guys knew people, though. They yeah. were junior Olympians. Well, they probably you... had to go stand in line at the Dominic's uh, yeah. the day they were, uh, came out. They really could have used the SeatGeek app back then. And, uh, by the way, if you're listening... Well, I know you're listening. Since you're listening to the White Sox Talk podcast, they're going to give you 10 bucks off your first purchase. So use the promo code SOXTALK. Do it today. All right, guys, before we get to the aftermath of all of this, we got our categories we got to get to. Um, our rewatching categories. So the player you missed the most. Who is the player you missed the most as you're watching this game 
unfold. There's some obvious picks here, but I'm going Ron Karkovice. You missed Ron Karkovice. Sheriff, right? Is Chris, he the sheriff? He the sheriff? Ron Karkovice? The officer. The officer. Yeah. I missed the officer. That guy was... I just He always looked like he was older than he pl- was. He looked a lot older. He always looked older, but he was a good catcher for them. I mean, he, he, he looked to be about the same age as Nolan Ryan. Yeah, except he was like 26. Yeah. I miss the officer. I don't want to be the bad guy here. I miss Nolan Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about this for a Nolan Ryan stat? 215 games with 10 or more strikeouts in his career. If you added up all the strikeouts in those games and took them away, he'd still have over 3,000 in his career. Unbelievable. Well, uh, I was three years old when this game happened, so uh, you don't, don't miss any. I don't have a fond memory, but here's what I'll say: uh, Here are the players that I literally missed. No Frank Thomas, no Bo Jackson. We're doing a, uh, you yeah. know, we're doing a distant Air. replay of a '93 game, and I'm all ready to see some of the best uh, hitters of all time, and I didn't get to see either of them. The player I missed the most is Bo Jackson, mm. and it's not because I miss him. Just because I wish I could see him again. We as baseball fans all missed out on seeing Bo Jackson because he should have played more if he was healthy. And football fans for the same reason. Oh, 100%. He would have never been a White Sox had the hip injury happened. That's true. So, so true. But I, I think... I, I, do, find, I don't I, disagree with you. No, I, I, I was the kid above my headboard with the Bo Jackson poster with the, with the shoulder pads and the bat. We all did the post, pose back then. I know, Chris, I'm sure you had the exact, exact same thing. Bo Jackson defined... My childhood. That guy was everyone's. I was going to be the first three-sport athlete of all time. Wow. Still aiming for that. Still what was the third sport going to be? Basketball. Oh, because that's what happens when you're like short white dude. You know, basketball seems like a, a logical third sport pick. And didn't he think of any conflict at all with football, by the way. It's just like, yeah, we'll figure out October and November. No big December. All of it. It'll, it'll make sense. Well, when he played for the Sox, I just felt like, well, he'll just transition to a baseball career, and it'll last several years. And sure. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. Uh, the player you don't need to see again. Matt Marullo. Uh Nothing against Matt Marullo. He was a good guy. He was his always... birthday, Guff. Always. Jesus. Well, this was a president. He got his only hit that year. But Matt Marullo, also great to the kids. Signed every time I went to the ballpark. Because he knew so, the career was not going to last long. There were times where I'm like, it's going to be Ozzy and Matt Marullo again, I bet. I better just, yeah, I guess I'll bring my Matt Marullo card. Good guy, just not very good player. baseball player. But Matt Marullo. I don't need to see Dean Palmer play third base anymore, that's for sure. There was a lot more to come for Dean Palmer. He was 24. (laughs) Yeah, he was a DH uh, in waiting. Yvonne Rodriguez. That's who I got. Because he stole Carlton Fisk's nickname, and he doesn't deserve it. There's only one Pudge. I agree. Does it make you happy, though, that 33-year-old Steve Sachs sold a base on 21-year-old Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez that game? Well, it's Hawks Idol. And for that, he probably took the pick-to-click that day. (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee Hawk won the pick-to-click that day. That is a lock. All right, finally, the Mark Kotze underrated player of the game. Who wants it? Most underrated thing in that broadcast in that game was Juan Gonzalez's mustache, hands down. That thing was epic. There was a battle, I think, on that Rangers team who had the better mustache, him or Rafael Palmero. I'm going to go with Juan, Juan Gone. This is a coin flip for me. I mean, I got a couple guys here, but Steve Sachs was my pick because <laughs> okay. of the stat I just mentioned. And that he was Hawks' idol, which he never really explains. They just kind of laugh about that Steve Sachs was a better Dodger than he ever was a White Sox. So Steve Sachs is my underrated player. My game. guess is he's his idol because something happened, oh, something happened on the road that stays on the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't say anything more than that on the air.
Nope. All right, Nolan Ryan, go punch a wall six times. <laughs> and then complete your quality start and get a win, age 46. Go ahead. It's just it. amazing that he was doing this. Nolan Ryan. Can't believe it. All right, Mark Kotze, underrated player of the game for me is, I'm over with Joey Cora. He had a single and two walks. Then little Joey Cora. Just kind of slid under pretty, there. No one even kind of pretty much slid under the radar of that whole He was the Tanaguchi of the year. Every time he came up to play, Hawk went out of his way to make sure little. he said, Little Joey Cora. Little Joey Cora. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice. That. Like, I'm not even the smallest guy in the team. Look right. at Grayback. Yeah. It's like, so yeah. All right, uh, random stuff. Do we. Oh, we spent we spent an finish awful it lot all of time off. talking. I, I mean, there, there's yeah, there's, there's plenty of more random stuff that, that are. But I think for the most part, we have covered. Sox just as there was only one team better than them on the road that year, at least at the time of this game, and it was the Toronto Blue Jays. With, and those two teams would meet later on the ALC. Here, here's a random note, and it wasn't from the game, but I just kind of looked at it anyway. 1993 White Sox. Their GM was Ron Schuler in the 1993 draft. In the 43rd round, they drafted his daughter Carrie. Two rounds later, they drafted Frank Menachino. <laughs> so Frank Menachino was drafted after Ron Schuler's daughter. Yes. I'll be sure to bring that good, up to him. Good softball player, though. He, oh, okay. he, he mentioned it on his, uh, uh, his conference call uh, really? with us when he was hired as the uh, new hitting oh, coach. Knew, this sounded familiar yeah. when you said it. That's where I heard that from. I thought it was funny, too, that, that Hawk acknowledged that 35 minutes like into this broadcast that the crowd was still filing in here <laughs> in Texas. I'm like, seems like we're, we're kind of past that, aren't we? One thing Canerco said was that after Nolan stayed in the game, the crowd, the rest of the game, whenever he was on the mound, started chanting, Nolan, Nolan, Nolan. And that kind of you know, got him all pumped up as if he needed it to be. But anyway, uh, so the White Sox lost this game 5-2. to two. After this game, the White Sox and the Rangers had the two best records in the American League West to end the season. The White Sox were 35 and 21 the rest of the way. Rangers were 32 and 23. The Sox won the division. They went 94 and 68. They lost to the Blue Jays in the ALCS in six. I was at, uh, I think it was game three. I was at game six. Mm, I watched on television. Spanky hit a homer in the. Uh, you know that? Spanky. Enemy. The Deacon. The Deacon, Warren Newsom. You know that Game part of six. the upper deck that they cut off? Yep. That's where I was sitting. <laughs> I was sitting in left field. My mom did laps around the south side until the game was over, and then me and my brother got in the car. I was 14, and he was 12. Yeah. And I remember coming out of the game, there was plenty of live shots happening, and yeah. some drunk shirtless guy walked right in front of, it might have been like Shanowski or Gian Greco, and he looked right in the, to the camera, and he goes, it doesn't matter because the Cubs still suck. And I was like... <laughs> And here we are. Yep. Here we are. Well, let's wrap this up with Ventura, who from this day forward, or from that day forward, whenever he's in a public setting, he always wonders how long it's going to take for someone to bring up the fight. <laughs> it always happens to him. Uh, he's always asked to sign a photo of it. He doesn't want to sign it. Nolan Ryan will gladly do it, <laughs> as we know Gene Lamont is aware of. I think I saw a signed photo of that fight maybe two years ago, for sale in a Houston supermarket. <laughs> Don't know why. Sounds right. One more quote from Canerco. There have been a million fights in the game of baseball and all that, but with Nolan Ryan, it's just a legendary moment in the game that will always be legendary. So I'm happy and proud to say that I was there for it. Parting thought on Robin Ventura. <laughs> 362 career on base percentage. 385 against Nolan Ryan. Hey. Five walks and two hit by pitch. That was a lot of work. 
Uh, well, Robin Ventura, the player, won't get in the Hall of Fame, but the video of him charging the mound against Nolan Ryan belongs in there from here to eternity. And we talked a lot about Hawk Harrelson in this broadcast or in this podcast. Matt Viscursion will be on the White Sox Talk podcast later this week. We are going to be talking specifically about Hawk Harrelson and his quest and the need to get him the Ford Frick Award, which would essentially get him into the Hall of Amen. Fame. And we're going to find out next month if he gets in. So look forward to that. And so don't you know, miss a single episode of the White Sox Talk podcast. Subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Take a moment to rate and review if you'd like. And uh, we're here all winter long for you. As they say in the inline skating community, if you're not here, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> to wrap it up. This was fun, guys. And uh, we already know our next Distant Replay game. We're not going to share it yet, but it's got the layers, I think, of this one, would you say? Oh, yeah. 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 I, look, th these aren't, we're not going cheap on you. No, days. no, no. Uh, this is also maybe our longest podcast we've ever done. This is our longest? Yeah, I think it is. But you know what? It was worth it. And that's a wrap for this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast, brought to you by Wintrust. Your home for White Sox checking with free ATMs nationwide. Go to their special White Sox webpage. It is www.wintrust.com slash Sox. And the one and only Hawk Harrelson. Take it away. Thanks, our Chuck. And this edition of the White Sox Talk Podcast is over. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.